Coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes, we take a look at possible bowl destinations for this squad and the Rose Bowl's decision, how it could impact the Iowa Hawkeyes and where they land. Rumblings about a big shakeup in the Iowa coaching staff, especially offensively. We'll get into those rumors and see if we can take away anything and give us some hope for the future. And Iowa basketball shook up its lineup against Georgia Tech in the win. Is another shakeup due with the old man, Connor McCaffrey, taking over the point guard role. All coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to have you aboard with us here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast with you each and every day, talking the world of Hawkeye athletics. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day, available wherever you get podcasts. You can also see us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling TV is what you want. When you're looking for television, don't miss this week's matchup. Iowa getting ready, of course, for Duke on Tuesday. It's available on Slig. They have everything from the Big Ten Network, Fox, FS1, SEC Network, Pac-12 Network, NBC Sports Network, on and on and on. They have you covered with Sling TV for a price that you'll absolutely love. Try it today. Getting into some bold talk here today. Now, we have heard for years, of course, the old adage, there's no such thing as a bold a bad bowl game. Now, I think we can argue the merits of that just a little bit. We've seen some bad bowl games, right? I mean, we see some of these destinations. We see the chance to go the day after Christmas to travel up to beautiful Detroit and nothing to disparage our listeners and watchers over in the Michigan area and the Detroit area. But come on, not exactly the place you're thinking about for bowl destinations. Yet, alas, that is something that we're talked about. So, Going in, of course, to the Big Ten Championship game, when it felt like going into Black Friday, Iowa had a chance to win that game, punch their ticket to Indianapolis, and, and there was still hope that there could be big-time destinations. And even if they would lose that championship game, a lot of people thought that I would end up in the old Outback Bowl, now uh, with a different name, but the Tampa Bowl game, and they were going to go there, even with the loss in the championship game. That is, though not completely off the table, for all intents and purposes, it's off the table. And at 7-5, and five, you get what you deserve. So really, the three bowls that are talked about the most right now are the Music City Bowl in Nashville, great destination, going to Charlotte, to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and finally, the Pinstripe Bowl in New York. We saw Iowa a few years back against Boston College in that destination playing at Yankee Stadium. So those are the four, three most likely destinations for the Iowa team. But something that could throw just a little bit of a wrinkle into this is what we have going on right now with the Rose Bowl. So the Rose Bowl, obviously, will not get the Big Ten champion this year if it's Michigan. They'll be playing in the college football playoff. A year ago, we saw Ohio State. If they are left out of the playoff, that would be the likely pick. You go with the Buckeyes. They're the fifth-ranked team, highest-ranked team in the Big Ten. You go that route. Again, saying Michigan wins the football game against Purdue in the Big Ten championship game. Buckeyes are out of the playoff. They go to the Rose Bowl. All is well and good. Well, the question for the Rose Bowl is what they make the decision 
of inviting Ohio State for a second consecutive year. A year ago, the Buckeyes, hugely disappointing, not being in the playoff again, coming off a loss against Michigan a season ago. They didn't travel well. In fact, they only sold 13,000 of their 20,000 ticket allotment in that bowl game a year ago, and you'd anticipate those numbers would be even lower, and you'd see a lot more opt-outs. We saw Jackson Smith, the Jigba, a season ago, put together one of the great performances in Rose Bowl history, yet some of the other guys had opted out. Now, this season, is it Stroud that is sitting out? Is it some of those other top-flight receivers, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.? On and on and on, you could play that game because well, that's what bowl games, unfortunately, have become in this day and age of college football. Now, why does this matter to Iowa? Who cares, right? Who gives a crap? We don't got a chance to get there. What are you talking about, Condon? Well, I'll tell you what this is. This is impactful if they make the decision not to go that route. So instead, the Rose Bowl would make the decision we're going to go and select Penn State. The way that it is set up and the way that they can do it and kind of get away with the the way that the wording is in the contract is if teams are grouped together, they're ranked in a similar fashion. That's what Ohio State and Penn State will be, though obviously Ohio State has the head-to-head. They have a better record. They have a better ranking. They are close in the rankings, and because of that, the Rose Bowl has an ability to invite Penn State. Haven't been there in over five years. Fan base that is willing to travel. Fan base probably more excited to be there. And you would set up that bowl game. So let's say that plays out and the Rose Bowl makes the decision. Yes, we are going to select for our team, Penn State. That means that the Orange Bowl would have the selection. They would get Ohio State. The Buckeyes would go to another uh, Power Six bowl game and make their way down there. That all of a sudden throws another wrinkle into it because... The Outback Bowl, the old Outback Bowl, would now no longer be able to select a Big Ten team. The way that it sets up here, when the Orange Bowl selects a Big Ten team, the league vacates its ReliaQuest Bowl, that is the old Outback Bowl, slot to the ACC or Notre Dame. The Tampa Bay's Bowl game has the first ACC Notre Dame selection after the New Year's Six, and the ripple goes from there. That is from Scott Docterman of The Athletic. So that explains it, and then the trickle-down continues for Iowa and everything goes down and moves down, maybe a slot. And because of that, if you had your hopes set on Nashville, you hope that is the destination. It's drivable. You can get there also very cheap. There's Allegiant flights that go from Des Moines that can get there very easily. So I know a lot of people and a lot of people in my life have already talked about that. I'm not a country music fan. Not me. My wife is not my kind of music, but we made a trip there a few years back. I'll tell you, Nashville It's a great party city. And Hawkeye fans, they've been clamoring to get there, I know, for a long time. In a season like this that ends in disappointment, you don't want to spend the big bucks to go to Florida, go to California, whatever the bold destination is. You can do it kind of on the cheap, if you will, going to Nashville. Maybe you don't have to worry about that flight. You can save money there, get a group of people together. Nashville would be a great destination. And maybe one of the few, I think, Hawkeye fans would be willing to travel in droves like we've seen in the past in the disappointment of the end of this season that is still out there but just be wary there is a potential little hiccup here if the rose bowl goes that direction that is what we have on that front hey bowl games are a lot of fun and it doesn't matter i went to my first bowl game was after the 2001 season heading down to san antonio to the alma bowl taking on texas tech i ran into a bunch of red raider fans they were a goofy goofy bunch mike leach of course was the coach at that time we had this guy with his Texas draw behind us talking about, oh, he's going to kick the field goal and going on and on. Bull games are great. 
been a couple orange bowls, been to a bunch of Outback bowls. It is incredible. And of course, the Rose Bowl after the 2015 season. It's a cool experience, very fun to do. And if you have the ability to go to a cool place like Nashville, absolutely, I say do it. Got the family, you're a single guy, single lady, whatever it is, you're going to have a great time hanging out with Hawkeye fans, even after the loss to Nebraska, maybe some potential positivity there. Now, another big question, who is the quarterback going to be for Iowa in that bowl game? So right now we know Alex Padilla has entered the transfer portal, officially will be able to on Monday. That is when the transfer window officially opens as a grad transfer, though he has a little bit more flexibility and he is already able to be talking to some teams. But Alex Padilla is not going to be part of the team. I don't see something happening like we saw on the basketball side a season ago. Remember, Josh Gundelay, he also entered the transfer portal, either didn't find any suitors or no suitors were looking for him or a destination that he wanted to go to. Ultimately, he came back and was welcomed with open arms by Fran McCaffrey and the Iowa basketball program. I don't anticipate you're going to see something similar here with Alex Padilla, though there is still still a slight chance maybe that that could happen. That aside, we know Padilla is not going to be part of the plans. We don't know how significant the injury is right now from Spencer Petras. I know Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register, he has asked the question, did not get anything definitive back. I know a lot of the beat guys have asked the questions and have not been able to get anything significantly about what that injury is and how long Spencer Petras is going to be out. If he is out for the bowl game, though, it looks like Joe Labus will get the start for the Iowa Hawkeyes, a guy that has never taken a snap before. That is where I was going to go with that one. That is where we are with the Bulls, and Carson May would be your backup. Whew. Boy, how quickly things can change. We got more football coming up here for you on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Rumblings about a potential shakeup with the Iowa coaching staff. There's rumors out there. We'll talk about it as we continue here. This is Lockdown Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, great resource for you, sports gamblers like myself. Sports betting information, stats, news, analysis, they have it all. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, we got the World Cup, esports, you name it, they got it at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts and you're here hanging out with me, you'll find those as well on Bet Online. You're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or hop on your phone, tablet, and learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Trent kind of back with you once again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast again. Big thank you to everybody joining us on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Really appreciate all of you out there as we go through this time. We got wrestling coming up. I'm going to break things down with you a little bit later on in the week. A huge matchup coming up for the Iowa women as they take on NC State of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Chance for them to get a very nice victory as NC State comes in uh, ranked at number 12 in the latest AP ranking. So potential there, a huge week for the Iowa State, uh, Iowa women. They got Iowa State next week in between a conference game against Wisconsin. So we'll break some more down, talk about some women's basketball and the wrestling meet against Iowa State uh, coming up here in the next couple of days on Lockdown Hawkeyes. But back to a little bit more football. And these are just rumors. These are just rumblings. These are things that I've been able to piece together. 
couple of conversations. Yes, Twitter, message boards, those kind of rumors that are out there. And that's all this is. You know, don't be running to your friends and saying, hey, Trent Condon on Lockdown Hawkeyes, he's saying this is going to happen because I still need to see it. I, I got to start right there. Until I see these moves actually happen and happen at what's going to be an impactful time, I, I have this lingering doubt in the back of my mind as I was Kirk Ferentz willing to make the necessary and the requisite changes to get this offense going, to get a real change happening, to get them to keep up. We've talked about this before, what Nebraska and what Wisconsin did here over the last week in hiring Matt Rule, a guy that has won at a high level and has done it at difficult places to win. First of all, Temple. Remember, Temple, this was a program that was kicked out of the Big East. They stunk so bad. I mean, that's that's how bad that was. And he was able to go out and do that. So you have that part of it. And then what he did at Baylor, taking over for the absolute mess that Art Bryles had left there. And within a couple of years, winning double-digit games and having them on the precipice of the college football playoff. A very good college coach. Didn't work in the pros. Hey, he's not alone. Didn't work for Nick Saban in the pros either. And look how it's gone for him. His second time around in the SEC after leaving LSU, going to Miami, and ended up at Alabama. And he's not alone in that realm. Some guys are just better at the collegiate level, and I think he is going to at least make Nebraska confident. And then what Luke Fickle has at Wisconsin, a program that in stature, in facilities and resources, the kind of things, and not having a little brother like Iowa does in Iowa State in the state, they have a lot of advantages there, and a program that is, what, fifth, sixth best job maybe in the Big Ten, they go out and bring in Luke Fickle, a guy that is highly respected across what he did at Cincinnati and a potential what he can do at Wisconsin. Iowa can't rely just on the defense anymore. You know, A season ago when they won the Big Ten West and they won 10 games in the regular season, they did that aided with a great defense, same thing they had this year, great special teams, same thing they had this year, but also a ton of turnover luck went their way. They were turning the ball over defensively, turning teams over time in and time out with 25 interceptions. I mean, they just, they were incredible. And it's something that frankly isn't sustainable. And because of that, you saw what happened this year. A couple of those 50-50 games, the Iowa State game, the Illinois game, the Nebraska game, those three games, even if you had a somewhat competent offense, or if you're turning those teams over a bunch more, you're winning those football games going away. And in a couple of those games, they did get the turnovers and still didn't have enough offensively to get it done. So is Kirk Ferentz willing to do that? Now, there's a lot of talk, a lot of rumblings that it is going to happen. That Brian Ferentz is going to be relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator. What does that mean? Him finding another job, going to the NFL, whatever it is, there's plenty of talk about that. But that's not alone. Also, Kelton Copeland, the wide receiver coach. There's been rumblings about that. George Barnett, the offensive line coach. My question still remains, if I was going to do this, if Kirk Ferentz is going to push this button, hit this escape cat, uh, hatch, and try to find a way to get this offense saved, is he going to be hands-off? Is it going to be willing to find somebody that he respects, no doubt about it, somebody that he believes could do it in a way that will work at Iowa? I think that's also a huge component they have to think to. He's not just going to go out and bring in the flavor of the day, the young, hot coordinator that knows how to do things. He's also going to look for a guy that knows how to put something together that is sustainable, that you can win with with the guys that Iowa recruits. The offensive line needs to be fixed. The schemes need to be fixed. The passing trees need to be fixed. You can still be a power-based team. You can still be a run-based team. 
but you have to do things differently. The zone blocking scheme, the way that Iowa runs it with the inability to have the same kind of cut blocking that you did in the past, it just doesn't work. And we see that time in and time out, year in and year out. When's the last time Iowa's had a dominating run game? It's a rarity anymore, even as good as they have been in some of the offensive line positions or the running back positions. It still has not been as dominant as what you would hope for when that is your base of a philosophy. You can still do it, but you're probably going to have to do it a different way. Is Kirk Ferentz willing to do that? Be hands off. And if it is a coordinator that he respects, a guy that he believes can do it in a way that'll work for Iowa. But they also say, we're not going to be able to do it with zone blocking. Is Kirk Ferentz going to be willing to put his hands up and say, you're right, do it your way. That's something that still needs to be seen. Also some rumblings out there. And again, these are just rumors. This is nothing definitive, but about guys entering the transfer portal. It's going to be bigger than we've ever seen before. It's going to continue. And this is the new reality of college sports. Like it or not, this is what we're going to have to deal with and live with uh, going forward in college athletics. The talk right now, Arlen Bruce, the possibility of him entering the transfer portal, possibility of already heard Kansas State rumored he's a Kansas City kid, potentially going back there, played his final season at Ankeny, and he uh, did it playing with Brody Breck there. But a possibility of that very well could be his destination. We'll see on that front. Now, Arlen Bruce, he's out there working hard. He was the only wide receiver that they had the first couple of weeks of the season. He's not the guy you want as your number one. If he's your number three, number four, all right, you're in good shape. I think you're fine there. If he's your number one, well, we saw the way that it went for a lot of times this season. Iowa needs receivers in the worst way, and that's why something like that would be impactful. Of course, we got to see Keegan Johnson twice this year, a couple snaps against Nebraska, what, 15 snaps I think it was against Nevada. That was it this season. A lot of rumors about that. That's been out there a whole bunch throughout this season, and there's plenty more out there. There's going to be more guys that enter the portal. There's going to be more guys out there that you're going to hear. Iowa, though, they also have to be very willing. We've talked about Cade McNamara. That's been out there for a while. The potential of bringing in the former Michigan quarterback and what he could do to help out this offense and to have somebody competent back there, somebody who could also move around at least a little bit. I think that will go a long ways in what they are. But with all this going on, you do wonder what is happening behind the scenes. I know there's a lot going on. Uh, but we don't know a whole lot about it. Now, Sunday, we will hear from Kirk Ferentz after the bold destination is announced. We will get to hear from Kirk at that time. More than likely, we will have something up for you right away on Sunday evening, early Monday morning, and a full recap of everything that Kirk Ferentz has to say about not just the bold destination, but kind of the future of this program and what feels like one of the bigger off-seasons that Iowa football has dealt with in a really, really long time. Again, just rumblings, just rumors. But that's what we're here for. Pass those along to you. Take with them what you will. We got basketball to talk about as well. The Iowa Hoopsters, as mentioned earlier in the week, got the win against Georgia Tech. But we're seeing a young man. Well, not so young and compared to his college brethren. Connor McCaffrey played a high level. Is it time to put Connor back in the starting lineup? We'll talk about that and look forward in what is going to be a huge week for Iowa basketball here as we continue on Locked On Hawkeyes. Try kind of back with you one final time. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. 
For your second listen today, after making, of course, Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available here on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans as we continue to pass along rumors, rumblings, whatever we hear. Hey, that's what we're going to have fun with. That's what we can do in this space and and love to have you a part of it. LaShawn's going to join us a little bit later on in the week. We'll get ready for the Big Ten Championship game, Purdue, Michigan. Any chance at all the Boilermakers pulling off the upset and what LaShawn would like to see the future of this Iowa program and what they can do offensively to get things turned back around. We'll get to that here later in the week, but time to talk a little basketball uh, with you. The ACC Big Ten Challenge has come to a conclusion and unfortunately did not go the Big Ten's way. 8-6 is the final as the ACC gets it done. Uh, some interesting results overall. Of course, we talked about Iowa getting the win and what they did uh, the other night in their victory against Georgia Tech, but couple of uh, big ones to pass along. First of all, Duke getting the win last night against Ohio State. Duke goes to 6-2 and two on the year. Just a little bit too much inside. Outside of Zed Key, that's Ohio State team. Not real big inside, and that was a big difference in the game. And a night where Duke didn't shoot it real well from downtown, neither did Ohio State. That perimeter defense really clamped down on them. We'll see the Dukies next Tuesday, and it was fun. Kind of get a little bit of preview of Duke and that matchup that'll happen at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday. Indiana, you still wonder about this Hoosier team. They coasted in the win against North Carolina. Remember, a week ago, North Carolina was ranked number one in the country, but lose to Iowa State, then lose to Alabama. Now another loss for them as they fall in this one to Indiana. Still got to see more out of the Hoosiers, and they got plenty more big opportunities coming up for them going forward. Uh, They go this weekend to Rutgers. Interested to see that one. Rutgers team has a chance to be pretty good. They lost to Miami, let a lead slip away uh, in their matchup in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Then Nebraska, they'll play two Big Ten games, but then they have Arizona, Kansas after that. So here over the next couple of weeks, we're going to learn a lot more about the preseason favorite, Indiana, but a nice win for them against Carolina. How about Michigan State? Just getting absolutely blitzkrieg by Notre Dame. You know they're going to take on all suitors, but found that one interesting. Not that they lost, but just the fashion uh, that Notre Dame was able to beat them. Virginia getting the win against Michigan. I think that says a lot about both that Virginia team and Michigan. They're going to be fine. I think they're going to be pretty good by the end of the season, but uh, Juwan Howard's son, Jet Howard, he had a shot at the end of the game, thought there was a foul on it. I thought it was a good call. I let him play. And ultimately, Michigan falls short in that one against the Hoos, who are up to number three now in the country. Fall short for the Big Ten. But, you know, this Big Ten we knew coming into the year, is there a national championship contender? I don't think so. And I don't think anything we've seen here early on, even with Purdue, what they did against Duke and Gonzaga over the weekend, I still am not ready to put them on that level. Playing really well right now. Love what those young freshman guards are doing. And you got to put them in consideration. Uh, Wisconsin have even more struggles, I think, offensively this year than even some of the teams we said in the past, and that says a lot. But, you know, guard is going to have that team at least in contention every single year. Like Illinois, really like Maryland, uh, a new group out there, obviously after Turgeon moves on. It's going to be deep. It's going to be tough. The bottom, you hope that Nebraska stinks, Minnesota stinks, Northwestern stinks. I mean, that's what you're really hoping for here is those bottom teams you're able to beat up on them. Can't afford a loss. Even the Penn States, who can be plucky at times, that's a team that you hope 
you're going to be able to get multiple wins if you have the double play for one of these teams. A lot of times it's going to come down to schedule, but for Iowa, we still got to see more. This team cannot rely so much on Chris Murray, and you saw it over the weekend when they struggled to put away a Clemson team that is frankly okay at best, and then, of course, the loss to TCU. If Chris Murray isn't at his best, how good is this team? I think that is the great unknown right now. And just this is not a deep team compared to pretty much any Fran McCaffrey team that we've seen in the past. He did not go very deep in the bench. Only played seven guys in the second half, even against Georgia Tech, a game that they really controlled outside of that spurt right at the beginning of the second half of the game. That's a little bit of a pause that you got to hit, I think, with this Iowa basketball team. And wonder if Chris Murray isn't right. Is there enough on this team to win games, to be able to grind out you know, and pick up a road victory against another one of the middling teams? Can he go to a Penn State, a Maryland, a team like that, and get a road victory when Chris Murray's not at his best? Right now, it looks like that's not the case. Now, I posed the question about Connor McCaffrey. So we saw Aaron Euless. He got the start against Georgia Tech and facilitated well, had five assists, didn't shoot it well. He was 0-4 from the floor. We know he's got some limitations offensively. He's not a great shooter. He can get to the rim. Great defender. He's got that. That is definitely the positive side of things. But from what we've seen out of Connor McCaffrey, and remember a season ago, just how much he was struggling shooting the basketball again. And he was still trying to find his role. It was certainly a different niche than what he initially was going way back to his freshman year when he was a point guard. That's what he was at high school. A guy that was being a facilitator, a guy that could beat you off the dribble. Well, that changed. And he was putting a lot of time out also in baseball. But the shot was ugly. It was just absolutely hideous. And for all the good things that Connor McCaffrey gave you, the intangibles, the hustle, the leadership, and just putting everybody in the right spot, being able to knock down free throws late in the game, something he was good at early in his career. That shot was so ugly, people were just leaving him completely wide open, and he'd hoist, and he'd miss. Well, that started to change. I think it was the Penn State game maybe a year ago, that road game that he started to shoot it really well, and by the end of the season, he was knocking down those open shots and really changed you know, how much he could be out there and, and going from a guy that was more of a bit player to getting up there more in the 15-, 18-minute range. Well, the way he's playing and the shooting continuing at that level, over 50% from downtown this year, if he continues at this level, is it time maybe to think about putting him in the starting lineup, especially if we do see Aaron Eulis struggling with his shot. Great backup. He can do a lot of things defensively, but what to just keep in the back of your mind going forward if it's something, another button that potentially can be hit. Now, as good as Connor has been this year, Patrick, his younger brother, he's got to play better. Got to see more out of him. And Patrick is a guy that I think has a ton of upside still, but there's times that he's coasting up there, still makes some questionable decisions. The basketball IQ is not something that is his strength compared to the older brother. I just want to see more out of him. And it's not just scoring. We know he can score, but getting to the boards, doing the little things, passing the ball, making the right decisions. Guy that I just want to see more out of Patrick. We got we know what we have with Rebracha. We talked about this after the Georgia Tech game. Maybe a little bit too much offense going through him at times. But overall, it is coming down to Chris Murray. And can this team win games without Chris playing his best against good competition? That is still the great unknown. That is Iowa basketball. They get ready for Duke coming up on Tuesday. And how about the week in front of them? Duke on Tuesday. Take the late flight home. Remember, that's an 8.30. That's a 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central game against the Dukies at Madison Square Garden. They come back, then a quick turnaround from Tuesday to Thursday as they'll take on Iowa State at Carver and then welcome in Wisconsin on Sunday. That is the slate coming up for them. 
A lot of time, not a real deep team in compared to the past. Tony Perkins feels like he's still working through some things. So a lot going on there, a lot to figure out. We'll break down the Dukies a lot more coming up here before that game tips off on Tuesday. That will do it for today. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Big thank you to everybody out there for listening and following along with this and also being with us on YouTube. For your next listen, check out Lockdown Sports Today podcast. It is a chance for you to take a look at the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. More still coming here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. We'll keep passing along everything that we have for you. Thanks for watching and being with us here today. I'm Trent Condon. Thanks for joining us and go Hawks.